Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Power Women in Insurance podcast. We are in a new year. We are doing new things, talking to new people, branching out into new spaces where we are talking about empowering women throughout every single branch of insurance. And today I am talking with Meg McKean, and she is super cool because she is bringing up some awesome topics. She's bringing up some awesome lifestyle new waves of awesomeness throughout the entire United States of America and empowering others to be able to find their personal space mojo and place to be able to bloom. And I am loving the fact that I've already gotten a few opportunities to be able to chit chat with her. So Meg, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Highlight of my day here, having this conversation with you, Teresa. Thank you so much for inviting me on and in a bigger way for holding this space to have what I believe are just really important conversations and for including me in them. Thank you. Well, I am super excited to be able to talk to you because when we kind of, uh, I checked out on LinkedIn and we've kind of run with some of the same people in different arenas and I've heard your name multiple times and I am thrilled to be able to talk to you because I think that we have a lot of the same just philosophies with a lot of things and being both women in the insurance space. Tell me a little bit, because I think it's super important to figure out how people kind of get into insurance, but then also how their life has developed during that journey. I mean, I always say that insurance is what we do, but we live our lives as part of that space, but not all of that space, right? So tell me a little bit about your journey why you are in insurance and where you've grown from and into so that way our listeners can get to know you a little bit. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I'm going to try something a little different. I'm going to start with the present instead of starting with the 23 years ago, because I think that's a story that so many of us women have in common. And so we'll flash forward to this moment. I started consulting in the industry four years ago mm. um, on my own as an independent contractor, doing private coaching workshops, speaking specifically to in- women in insurance sales. And that came from the 20 years prior and this belief that was affirmed and confirmed over and over and over again that women have a massive opportunity to be successful in insurance sales, but we mm-hmm. have to give them the tools and show them a path to do it their way. And so all the experience I had up to that point as an underwriter in leadership, as an agent working with the consumer, all fed into that belief and then gave me the systems, the tools, the ideas, the beliefs to actually turn that into a business four years ago. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing today. That's how I attach in the industry. It's been exceptionally rewarding. And I would, Mm. I would reiterate that we all say this is a relationship business and it absolutely is the people just like you that I've met and all of those that we have in common and those I've yet to meet, um, make it fun, make Mm -hmm. it enjoyable, make it rewarding and gratifying to get up every morning and do this work. Yeah. Yeah. It's the people I agree with you. It's the people that we get up for. It's not, it's not the work, you know, necessarily. I mean, it's, it's the people and the relationships. So I love something that you said 
which was specifically that women have a specific space in the insurance industry. We have a maybe a specific role, a specific voice in the insurance industry. Tell me a little bit about that um, and how you've been able to identify that and help to be able to develop that. Because I think, because I've been in the industry for 20 years. I mean, I'll be just very honest with you. And coming from where I've been, I think sometimes I try to make myself more of what the men portray, but when I'm really, truly authentic in my own way, I make more of an impact, but I still struggle with being able to be that authentic leader. You know what I mean? I want to do it the way other people have done it. Now, I've never had a corporate career. I've always been on the agency side and I was a teacher before that. So, you know, and, 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 a, and a mom, but it's, it's not one of those things where I've had all this extra training. And I think about it, if I had all this extra training, I would have a really hard time kind of breaking free from that to really bring my own um, flavor into the space. How, how do you feel like women specifically approach that? Yeah, I, I love your background. Thank you. Um, you just shared that you were in education. Thank you for that super duper important work, especially in, in this time that we're in right now. I just um, have so much deeper affection and appreciation for educators. Right. So thank you yep. for sharing that. Um, there's no way that that doesn't inform what you're doing now and how you're showing up in the world, having that, that teacher servant heart. Yeah. Um, it's my passion. Absolutely. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think hear that everything, over and, take it from that perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. And I hear that over and over again um, from the women that I work with. And frankly, a lot of really, really in tune men, men who want to mm-hmm. do, do things differently, who are uh, partnered with or raising strong, independent women who are opinionated and motivated and <laughs> wired for success. You know, the, the yeah. environment is very different than we're growing up in and we're working in right now. And so um, I'm here for that, obviously. I think there's a couple things going on. I coach specifically rather than building a program or having a system because I believe our industry has a lot of those. Mm-hmm. And where I've seen the rubber meet the road is when you're actually out there in the real world, implementing all of those things that, you know, you should be doing, or you could be doing, but you feel, uh, I'll say stuck, but really stuck means a lack of confidence, a lack of preparation, a lack of meaning, a lack of connection. And so I specifically focus in that area because I believe that's where most training as we know it in our industry has fallen short. For women in particular, I'll say, this is kind of a two-part answer to your question. The difference is the choice that we make to take all that wisdom and all of those experts and all of those people who have come before us and to put that wisdom in the back seat while we sit in the driver's seat and do it our way. And Mm. when you make that decision to start showing up your way, and maybe it's because you're really funny or you have a really strange sense of humor or you're really passionate about a particular cause or you're really outspoken. For me, the greatest shifts in my career and in growing this business have been when I have stripped away what I should have been and could have been and would have been and really embraced who I am in this moment. Because at the end of the day, we're selling this horrible, awful product that people would rather not deal with that forces them to confront really horrible, awful life circumstances. Mm -hmm. And 
we, the more we can meet them in that place and the more we can understand and empathize with their own experience and their own background navigating insurance, the more affection they're going to have and the more trust and the more confidence they will have in us. And that's, that's the real deal. That's where uh, the connection happens and that's where the success happens. And very few people get that. Um, Mm. Very few people get that. And if we spent as much time and energy as we spent working on being whole, real present human beings and less on outsmarting our competition in whatever way that feels like, um, I would be amazed at what could happen, not just for individuals in the industry, but also for the reputation of the industry. We've got to fix that. We've got to keep working on that all while we're focused on our individual success. We do. We do. And I think there was, there was kind of a little bit of a hole in the generational conversation of insurance there for a little bit. It was, oh, the entire industry is aging and there weren't a lot of younger people coming into the industry to be able to come in. And a lot of times it was because of that reputation. And it was because of the fact that they just didn't want to, um, be a part of it. It, it, it didn't, it didn't seem as, um, I hate these words sexy. Cause I mean, you know, with social media coming in, I mean, you know, you don't really see social media, you know, influencers that are insurance people. Right. I mean, that's not really what's taken over their Instagram feed, you know, I mean, but realtors do, and, you know, so do, you know, financial planners and some other people that have really embraced a little bit more of a platform, but at the same point, by being able to be that, that, like you said, people that really come and sit with people when they think about some of the darkest times that they hope will never happen, but how to have those conversations, that takes a real love. It takes a real gift. It takes a real connection point and a real level of authenticity that I think, um, I'm hoping that this the new generation, because we have actually seen a little bit of some newer people coming into the insurance industry, I've seen a little bit more of a younger generation enter the last couple of years. I'm hoping that's really coming across with them. Do you see that, that that's really a movement in the industry? Because I know among the people that I'm hanging out with, we want to be that authentic person who loves our clients, who creates that relationship. How do you see that with other people in the industry right now? Yeah, I would, I would agree. I'm seeing a similar shift. I think we would all agree it's not happening fast enough um, right. to keep up with, like you said, the aging out of, of the industry and, and shame on us. That was something we could have seen coming 50 years ago and, and didn't prepare as we could have. So here we are. The key is that we still have organizations that are led by a different generation. And so as much as we can manage up, and we can help to inform up to make sure that while they may not agree that feeling good and connected and valued in your work is important. And I would argue the generation coming up feels that that is more important than the big uh-huh. paycheck. We have to keep bridging that gap between what we've known to be true and what the generation that frankly, we need to come up in the industry so people can retire. So people yeah. who have done their time who have contributed meaningfully to the industry can go on and retire if that's what they choose or give back to their communities in a different way. We need that innovation and we need that infusion of um, new in the industry desperately. So I'm seeing it. I'm excited about it. I still think we have work to do. I think we'd all agree with that. But one of the things that I'm really working through 
and this is interesting because I consider myself to be hopefully halfway, maybe even a little further than halfway through my career is how do we define success? And in our Mm. industry, especially in a sales position, success is 99.9% financial. Uh It's bettering your best year. It's closing more deals. It's, it's making your bonus. It's getting a better commission or a better override, earning the trip. All of that is a financial motivation. Yeah. That is not, I would argue, what motivates the newest generation coming into the workforce. So if we keep dangling that carrot, I'm really outspoken about this on LinkedIn, we're going to miss them because that's mm-hmm. not what's motivating them. You have to yeah. figure out what is motiv- motivating them. And that is that purpose and the connection and the value and, and not just adding value, but being valued in the work mm-hmm. that you do, I think is a big key and something that we have a huge opportunity to work on in our, in our industry. So I, I was actually, I, don't, I never, ever watched the news ever. I never, ever watched the news, but I guess Saturday morning, um, there was some meet the press thing on. Okay. And I, like I said, I never, ever watch like news or TV or stuff like that, but they were having a conversation about how majority of jobs these days we've seen during COVID a shift in the environment of positions where many, many, many more of them are going virtual. Many, many more of them are going more flexible work schedule. Many, many more of them are going to where they, they honor the person's lifestyle a little bit more and, and, and give that flexibility in that, um, arena of people being able to work in a flexible environment. And I think the insurance industry has taken a baby step forward in that. And I'm not going to say it's big, but a baby step forward in that, um, over the course of the last few years. Um, and especially during COVID, I think, especially on the agency side, it's forced agency owners to confront a lot of the technology holes that we've had. And I think on the carrier side, it's, 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 push them to make some technological changes that they've needed to make for a while. What types of environment are you seeing that, that people are looking for differently now in a position than they did maybe two years ago? Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on this and (laughs) I love that you went here in the discussion. So, uh, you know that I also host a podcast, which is a a great commonality that we have. And I love the synergy there. I had a guest on very recently who is a recruiter in insurance. And I asked her that question, what's the one thing that people want? And they want flexibility. And that's not a Mm. surprise though. The pandemic, the work from home movement really made it true that so much of the work we do can be done remotely. I had the uh, advantage early in my career to work from home, not because of a pandemic, but because that was the business model of the carrier that I worked for. They wanted their field underwriters in the field, living and working in the communities that they served. It made a lot of sense. It also made sense from an overhead standpoint. (laughs) Yeah, right. They kept their expenses low because there were no regional offices, right? We were all working from spare bedrooms and basements. And um, I will absolutely attest to that freedom and that flexibility to get my work done, because that was the minimum requirement, get your work done on my terms was the best case scenario Mm -hmm. for me. And it's not for everybody. And I think that's where that's the season that we've entered now is some people really crave the human connection and zoom or teams just isn't doing it for them. I'll take that one step further 
when I started consulting four years ago, my first client was an agency that I had called on as an underwriter. So I called the owner of the agency and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm trying this new thing. I think we can do better for new producers. Can I pitch this to you? And he welcomed yeah. me into his conference room. And a couple of days later, we signed the contract and I was off and running. I don't know if that would have been possible had I not physically spent time with him a decade prior mm. building that relationship. And that's the piece of this that I'm a little like, mm, time will tell, right? Time yeah. will tell. Um, was I able to go out on my own because I'm that great or my ideas are that innovative? It had a lot to do with how I built my network and how I showed up consistently. And if we don't have those opportunities, I don't know what the long-term will look like. And so I don't think we're in this sort of Shangri-La utopia situation right now. I think there's going to be a bit of, um, a bit of a fallout or a, right. a time will tell. But I'll also say all those years ago, we didn't have the kind of technology that True. we have now. We also hadn't been through the collective experience that we've been through in the last several years. We didn't value that proverbial work-life balance, whatever that is, as much or to the extent that we do now. I'm seeing so many more parents. I am not a parent, which gives me total liberty to sit on the sidelines and watch everyone else do it with awe and <laughs> like, how do you do it? Um, but I'm seeing an engagement level with parents and their children and their families. So many more people are stepping into caregiver roles oh. than ever before. We've got an aging population. It's a, it's a fact of the matter right now. Yeah. And so yep. I do think those dynamics are shifting. I think the flexible work environment gives us that freedom and that flexibility to be all those things to all those people and, and really put work where work belongs in my sometimes not popular opinion, which is to provide for my life, not the other way around. And right. so it's really a, it's a deprogramming of a lot of what I have believed to be true. And it's also helping others in our industry to say, we can do it a little bit differently and it's going to be okay. This is yeah. not the beginning of the end, right? We can, we can try something new. We can shift and we can flex and it's not going to be the unraveling or the undoing of the ecosystem as we know it. So yeah, definitely have opinions about that topic. Like I said, I love that you, I love that you brought it up. Would you agree? Like, what are what are you seeing? I know you and I are in different geographic parts. We have different uh, backgrounds. We're approaching yep. the industry in slightly different ways. What do you What do you think is the case? Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Well, see, being on an agency side, I think coming from where I've come from, um, 
because my dad was specifically with Allstate for a number of years. And then I went and opened up the independent side of the agency lifestyle for us. So there was just a lot of pushback on technology. And I think we've had a lot of pushback on technology, right? And um, I think in the insurance industry, a lot of carriers don't necessarily want to spend all this money in, you know, technology to come out of a DOS-based system or whatever, you know, they might put a nice skin on it in the front end, but also like, oh, it's a new technology. No, it's not. It's the same thing you had before, right? But we're seeing now, I think with a lot of the, tracking and the data um, focus that I think insurance has really come into that they have to embrace a lot more technology because that's where they're going to get that intelligence that they really need just overall in every single aspect of insurance. But with it, it also has created a lot more positions in the insurance space of flexibility. And I think it's also created a lot of space for people to explore. And I think then we go into this whole pandemic situation And it forced so many people to be able to think outside the box on a virtual level. And they've seen that for some people, it really works for some people. And they were just productive monsters, man. They got more out of their people than they got out of them when they were sitting in the office. And that's me. If you put me in a coffee shop or you put me anywhere else, I will get 10 times more done than if I'm sitting in an office. I just, I'll sit there in an office and I go, um, gee, look at that spot on the wall. I just, I don't know why it just doesn't. It's like, I'm so ADD that I've got to have 20 things going on at once. And if there's like noise around me, then I don't know why, but it helps me to focus differently. I, I cannot explain it. I'm not a neuroscientist person. And I think some people just are more creative in that type of way, especially if people are in marketing, if people are in sales, they engage better, they're out and about, they can feel the energy. I want to feel the energy of my community. I don't want to sit in an office by myself that drains the energy out of me. And that's my personality. So I work really well by myself because I can go ahead and I could work anytime, any place in my car in a coffee shop. And that fuels me to be able to meet with people and to have that great experience about other people, especially my husband, it is incredibly distracting for him. And he's like, I just don't know how people do it. But he's fine working from home because he can focus in a lot more from the distractions that he has at the office. But at the same point, he couldn't go work at a coffee shop. He could not be out and about. So I think everybody has to find, I think it gives people the freedom today's day and age if people can use it. It's like with anything, we can back ourselves into a corner and we can hang ourselves. It would be super easy. There's, you know, they, people always say, I'm going to give them enough rope to, to hang themselves, right? I don't like that saying, but it's definitely something that we have to take into consideration that to whom much is given, much is required. And if we are given that flex space for work, we have to make sure that we keep up and do the things that we need to do to be able to honor that. And I think when people embrace that, they do really well. When people think of it as fun time and flexible time, then they don't do really well. And I think people who need people and need energy need to find a way to make that work within the space that they're given, whether or not that means they're working in an open space concept for work, or if it means they're sitting at a coffee shop, or if it means they're sitting in their office at home, we still have to take personal responsibility for being able to bring our own skills, I call them times, talents, and treasures to the table. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I, I think, I think if we, if we want to put it in a box and say, Hey, we're going to do this cool new thing of flex, flex schedules and flex work. 
oh, but I need to go sit in an office in my house. You know, I just, to me, that's not, that's not that flex schedule, whether or not it's at the office or if it's at home. To me, it's how do I show up and how do I make the best out of being able to show up? And I'm the only person who can answer that because I know myself, but I know that at the end of the day, I got to bring my best to the table and I cannot put myself in an environment where I can't do that. It's kind of a long answer, but that's my opinion about it. And so I have a podcast because I like to talk, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's why we have these these microphones in front of us, right? Because we exactly. have the stories. Um, and I, yeah, I'm glad I asked because I, I think you bring up a really valuable point and that is you have to know yourself. You have yeah. to know how you're wired. You use the word energy a lot. I talk a lot about energy. Where do you get it from? Where do you go? when it's depleted and you need to find it again, um, who are those people? What are those environments? What are those activities? And what I'm finding now in this environment where some companies are all or nothing, you know, we're all hundred percent in the office or we're all hundred percent remote. We're missing a huge swath of people who just want mm-hmm. choice. You know, they just want to be able to say, this is a really heavy week for me. And yeah. I can give you my best, but my best night might not be a hundred percent, but I'll be back at it next week. And can you give me a little bit of grace and a little bit of flexibility? I don't think that that's unreasonable. I know, uh, there were seasons in my life. I shared with you previously, I've, I was married and divorced very young. I had that flexible work from home job while I was going through my divorce and I'm not proud, but there were whole stretches of time that I don't remember what I did. I know Mm -hmm. I went and called on agents and I know that I showed up and I know I documented underwriting files and I (laughs) added credits and debits and I did my job, but I was not a hundred percent present. And the most affirming phone call I got was from my boss saying, I've been there, take the time that you Mm -hmm. need. We'll be here on the other side of this and it's going to be okay. And that, that simple sentiment created more loyalty and more confidence in me uh, than any policy or any procedure or any sort of hard and fast rule. Um, And so more now than other, uh, more than more now than ever, we are in a time where people need to be considered and cared for. And, um, and I think we have a huge opportunity as an industry to do that, but it's going to require some of us getting a little uncomfortable because we haven't had to do it before. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's a certain amount of responsibility that we all have to step up for. I think a team member, employers need to be able to step up and be able to say, Hey, I hear you. I see you. And they need to give team members a choice on how can they work most efficiently. And I think team, team members have to step up and have a voice in what that will look like for them as well. It's not just, Hey, I'm going to go apply for a job. Somebody walks me to my desk and here you go. You know, I think we have to say, Hey, I need to be in the office so much. Hey, I need to be at home so much, or, Hey, I need a flexible schedule so much because, and I I say this all the time, statistically, everybody has a crisis every 18 months and that might not be massive crisis, right? It might be a smaller crisis, like with the pretty, this is a pretty big crisis, but like uh, good Friday, right? Right before Easter, a couple of years ago, four, five, four, five, four years ago, I think I was driving home. I went out for dinner with a friend. I was driving home and my car just stopped. Couldn't figure out why. Had it towed into a shop. Ended up that the, 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 where I'd taken it for the oil change didn't end up doing an oil change on it. And the whole engine seized up and my whole car was totaled. That was a pretty big crisis on a Friday afternoon, right? 
or Friday evening. That's a pretty big crisis. Other times we might get sick. Other times we might have, you know, um, to take a friend or a sister or somebody to chemo for, you know, six months or something and have to help out with a little bit of transportation. There's all sorts of things that I think that we need to show up for in our life that we can work our work around, you know, I can fill out that report, you know, after six o'clock and I could take an hour and a half to go take my friend to chemo if I want to be able to do that, as long as I show up for the things I'm supposed to show up for. And I love the fact, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go here, Meg, is that you have embraced the digital nomad lifestyle, which is almost taking it the whole conversation to a whole other level is it is not just about working from home or working from an office space. You're working from the entire United States of America as a digital nomad. Tell me what a digital nomad philosophy is. And I think there are a lot of people out there though that are embracing this more than they ever have before. And I think that's something that that is very possible to do. So tell us a little bit about that because that is fascinating to me. Mm, yeah, and I'm, again, not my little girl dreams about where I thought my life would go, um, but here we are and I, I'm, I'm loving this chapter of my story. I don't mm. know where it's going and how long it's going to last, but I'm really glad that I'm, I'm in it right now. And digital nomad is, is literally an individual who is living and working as they go. Some short-term, some longer-term stays um, in different places, which has been the case for me. So I moved into the city of Chicago 12 years ago after that divorce and had a great season of my life, met uh, some amazing, amazing people who became friends, discovered my love of live music and independent musicians, um, really, really embraced all that Chicago is and thought I would be there forever because I really, really had found home. And then life happens, right? 12 years mm -hmm. later, I started to look around and realize that I could very easily blink and be back in the same place 10 years from now. And I, I wanted to do a little bit more exploring and adventuring. I'm not done yet with my life, if that makes sense. So absolutely made the decision made the decision. And I should preface this all by saying as a single woman without children, having had a lucrative journey in insurance, this is possible. It is not possible for the vast majority of the population to sell their home and all their stuff and pack up the kids in the car and hit the right. road. Like I totally get that. Um, I like some to people do, they the sell their house and they buy like an RV or something yeah. and then they work out of that. I mean, there's, um, I heard a podcast not too long ago about a guy who sold, he and his wife sold everything they owned or whatever, moved into this and they have one child and they moved into like this camper or like a, like a, like an RV and they're traveling around the country and the guy coaches, who was it? This guy coaches, um, or works with, uh, like auto part companies to help them make them profitable or something like that. But he does it all from an RV and he travels yeah. the country. I'm like genius. Yeah. I mean, there's a million ways to make a living and, yeah. uh, you know, overhead is really low. I'm traveling. I do longer term Airbnb stays. I've done, uh, some house swaps and house sits, some pet sitting along the way. And so really it's, it's, I am very wired to plan. I'm very wired to look 10 years into the future. And this has been a very great exercise for me to live much more in the moment and be, yeah. be okay with uncertainty and with plans changing. And, and that's not a place that I've been comfortable in the past. So I'm, 
I'm definitely enjoying that part of it. I will say, uh, if anyone is considering making this sort of lifestyle change, talk to your accountant, the world has not completely embraced this lifestyle. And so there are, in terms of earning income and being self-employed, um, there are some tax ramifications that you want to, you want to know upfront right. and you don't okay. want to learn that the hard way. So just a little PSA there to, to make sure that you've got the right professionals helping you make these plans. But right. I will say after almost a year of travel, it has been more rewarding, more inspiring, more full of surprises and twists and turns than I ever could have really imagined. And so for mm. that, it's been, it's been amazing. And I'm really glad. Um, I'm really glad to be here in this moment. And I am literally physically right here in Denver while we're talking today and I'll be I love that. out West. Yeah. Until the spring. So I've got some more travels coming up, but, um, this is where so I'm out West right is that Denver for you. So are you staying in Denver for a little bit? I'll be in Denver for uh, almost six weeks and then I'm headed to Salt Lake city and from Salt Lake city, I'm doing a, hopefully a girl's trip in San Diego. If the weather cooperate or not, not the weather COVID I'm like the weather, the weather's going to be great in San Diego. It's COVID that we need to get, um, we need to get under control. And then I'm, I'm kind of piecing it together from there. So um, well, I may be up in Denver here in the next couple of weeks. So I may look you up a little bit. My daughter lives in Denver. She lives down in the Capitol Hill area. So yeah. downtown, not too far off from the sixth street area and all that down by Cherry Creek mall and all that. So I may be down in that area, depending on how long I'm there, I may look you up. I would love that. That would be great. So how do you see that maybe this digital nomad philosophy and, and, and lifestyle that you have has impacted your coaching because, um, I mean, everything we go through changes us. I mean, we are never the same person tomorrow that we were today and everything that happens and the, the listeners to this podcast all know, you know, um, I've gone through multiple situations throughout my life. I mean, I've been divorced twice. I've married the same man twice, um, which is kind of weird, but I've been married three times, technically twice to the same man. And, um, you know, um, I, I raised two kids as a, as an entrepreneur with two different businesses. And then, um, unfortunately, you know, um, this past September, my son passed away, um, um, at 28 years old. So we all go through life. We all go through things and not necessarily difficult. They can all be joyous things too that change us, right? Maybe it's a great friendship that you've had great conversations with that absolutely change your philosophies about certain things. Maybe it's a book that we read that we sit back and we say, oh my goodness, this just completely changed me. How has the digital nomad philosophy for you during the past little time that you've been doing that and the, the, the pensiveness to make that decision, how has that changed your coaching for sales and leadership with what it is that you're doing? Hmm. Ah, uh, it's such a, a loaded question, but first I just, I absolutely want to honor the loss of your son. I'm so sorry. Mm. Um, I'm so sorry for that. Thank you for sharing. I, I hate those reminders, but we are more than these conversations and we are more than the work we do yeah. and we're more than the titles that we wear. And, and I say that because I think this nomad journey that I'm on is part of a bigger shift for me. And that's really honoring and embracing who I am and less about the identity that I've had for the last mm-hmm. 23 years as a woman in insurance. 
guests and more about Meg as a thoughtful, empathetic, caring woman who has, if I can be bold, this ability to hold a space to help people feel comfortable and safe and heard and understood and valued. That has nothing to do with insurance. And so a lot of, you know, you said it and I love it. Life changes you. We have these experiences Mm -hmm. where I think the magic happens and magic might not be the right word is when you choose to embrace the change Mm -hmm. because so much of our time and energy as human beings is resisting change. It is. Why do we do that? Right. Keep me safe. Keep me protected. Keep Mm -hmm. me in the place that is familiar because everything out there is scary and bad. And, and I love this word in a conversation with a woman in insurance risky, right? Like it is risky. (laughs) And we don't like risk. Like we've made a a business out of, you know, managing that and managing and trying to keep it in control and keep it tight. And the reality is that risk is everywhere. Like it is, it is, what is your tolerance? If you're feeling like you're ready for more or you want something more, what do you have to do? What's the first next step that you could take to get there? And I think it's giving yourself that freedom and that flexibility for me. I don't do anything small. I've, I've learned I'm being told this, (laughs) right. I don't, I don't just tiptoe my way into it. It's like, you know, going all in, uh, jumping off the cliff, bad reference, but that's very much where these twists and turns have come from is that place of if not now, when, and that's a question Mm -hmm. that I ask myself all the time. What am I waiting for? Who is it? I'm asking for permission from, are they ever going to give it? No, that's all rhetorical, right? Like it's, there's never a right time. There's never a perfect moment. You're an entrepreneurial woman. You know, you know, when that sort of bubbling up happens in your gut and you're, there's a fuel for something. And maybe it's something that you see an opportunity or you see there's a bigger opportunity to make life or circumstances better for somebody else. And you almost can't resist it. You just, Mm -hmm. you realize that you just have to, um, lean into it. I'm here for the in-between. You asked me specifically about coaching. There are so many of us that are stuck in that in-between place. Mm -hmm. And if I can work with someone individually to help them see and express what makes them great. And if that allows them to sell a few more insurance policies and provide for their family or find whatever the motivation is that they're seeking, then I have done good work. That's it. It's that simple. And so, um, the coaching I'm doing is, is changing shape here in the new year. I'm very excited about where that's going. I've given myself permission to explore a curiosity and do some education around the way that we view and help individuals navigate the end of life. And so I'm excited to be doing more work in that area which is a bit of a departure from the insurance work I'm doing, but I'm proving to myself and the world that there's more than one way to get where you want to go. And so why not? I've learned how to have hard conversations and now I'm, now I'm really going into the fire, so to speak. So (laughs) I'm, you know, I would also like to challenge our listeners out there to be able to say that there's not one destination in life. 
you know, that if we are at a place in our in our space where we're 25 years old and we're working with an insurance carrier and we're getting a CPCU or whatever it might be, right? That's great. That's awesome. But then when you wake up the next day, there's something else, right? I mean, we're not done at that point. And I think so many of us, we we create these goals, five-year goals, 10 years goals, right? And we we create these ideas of what life needs to be. And it's really not, and and then, and then we then we live a life miserable because we're not where we dreamt of being. And it's this, I don't know how to put it. It's this it's this box that we put ourselves in that we want to dream and we want to vision and we want to have goals and we want to do all these things. But by doing that too, we can be free, but we can also, if we get too stuck on it, we we box ourselves in. And I think that's one thing that I've really, um, and we don't appreciate where we're at. And that's one thing that I really have been working on in the past few years. And it's something that I'm just repeating to myself now is that if something doesn't happen, it wasn't meant to be mine. And if something does happen, then it was meant to be mine. And I don't need to pine about what I thought I wanted and, and not give credit to the things that I do have, you know, and because maybe those were never mine, maybe they were not supposed to be mine. Maybe where I, that would have been and taken me would have been a bad thing for me or a, another person in that space. I don't even know. And, um, I need to embrace where I'm at. And I think that no matter where our careers take us, no matter where our families take us, no matter where our, our journeys take us, I really want people out there to, to take from this conversation that whether or not it is our career, whether or not it's our family, whether or not it's our education, whether or not it's something, you're never done. You're not done until the universe says we're done, right? And I think that, I don't know, the listeners are probably too tired of me saying this kind of thing, but I think some days when I think about my son, and I think about the fact that he was 28, and I think about all the dreams that I had for him, and I think about what I wanted for him, and what I envisioned of him being, you know, 70 and 80 years old, or 50 years old, or what I would be a part of, right? Because I had him when I was 20, so it's kind of like when I turned 50, he would have been 30, you know, so now that I'm kind of a year and a half out from that, we were kind of talking about, oh, when I turn 30, and and I'll turn 50, and we kind of had this idea of this, this big party that we were going to throw together, and all this other stuff, and it was going to be fun, and and it still will be, so it'll just be different. But the idea is, is that that was not the universe's, that was not God's plan for him. The universe said it was his time. And no matter what it is, it was his time. And I think if we can say that that's how life is, that if maybe we're no longer in a position at work, we're no longer in a relationship, we're no longer in a whatever it might be, that if we can sit back and say, this is the where I just need to be right now and trust the process a lot more, I think we would be able to combat a lot of that struggle that we really that we really fight against so deeply and that causes so much misery. And, and, and go with those times when, like you said, if we're going through trauma, if we're going through things, take it as the... Um, the what it is that we have to be able to do to be able to make sure that we we have what we need and i think that i love the fact that you're going with the flow i love the fact that you're putting out there in the universe for other people to go with the flow and to bring that into their career their sales their love of insurance their love of where they're going their love of what they're doing their love of the people around them and i love what you're absolutely doing because i think it is valuable to the entire world i really do i think you should write a book (laughs) 
stop with the, everybody's saying you need to write a book. Um, right now I'm just having fun on Instagram stories. Like that's the extent of my, of my writing these days and LinkedIn, of course, but thank you for that validation. It can feel like a lonely road. Mm. Um, none of the things we're navigating, whether it's grief and loss or big radical change in our life or our career, just an important reminder to myself and you and anybody listening that we don't have to do it alone and we shouldn't do it alone. My relationships, my connections, uh, have a depth to them in the last several years that they never had before. Mm. And that comes from a strong awareness of myself, right. And how I'm showing up and, and who I'm choosing to build those relationships with. But that is the most beautiful byproduct of this journey. And I would argue it's the reason we're all here is to make our own lives and those we love richer and deeper and, and who, who wouldn't want that. Right. And so whether it's through insurance transactions or other, other life experiences that we have, um, that's the good stuff I would argue. I love that. Well, you guys know what? If everybody wants to be able to work with Meg, Meg is amazing. You can find her in tons of different spaces and she is fabulous. She is a woman in motion. She is a woman who can help people to be able to connect and get more out of their career, sales, leadership, journey, mental, emotional. Meg, if people want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Yeah. Best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Just my profile is Meg McKean. And you can also check me out at megmckean.com, which is central command for all the things that I'm up to these days. So thank you again for having me, Teresa. And um, there's just, these conversations are so important and I'm, I'm just really happy to be here. Oh, you've been a delight. Thank you so much. Everybody, this is another amazing episode of Power Women in Insurance, where we get to be able to talk to women making a difference all over the country in all different types of the insurance space. If you know of other women who would be amazing for us to be able to interview, please go ahead and reach out to me. Find us on Facebook at Power Women in Insurance, in, uh, Instagram at Power Women in Insurance, and do make sure that you give us a review so that we can reach on out to other women in the insurance space. Everybody, We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. 
That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.